Hearing is a form of touch. You feel it through your body, and sometimes it almost hits your face. Hello, and welcome to episode 157 of MS Deep Dive. All right, today I'm going to talk about something that's not caused by MS, not MS related. I know many of many of people in the MS sites have questions about it. So I see lots of things pop up for it. So I figure I might as well talk about it. I deal with it. I've had it pretty much 24-7 for who knows how long. Probably well over 30 years. Probably ever since like my teenage days and stuff. Because all the concerts and working in factories with the big presses banging and stuff like that. But today... I'm going to talk about tinnitus. Yeah, a bunch of things I came across that I got from doctors over the years. When I'd go in for tinnitus-related issues, so I figured I'd just give some information to help people out that want to understand it more and are sick of dealing with it and wanting to find some way, if possible, to minimize it. Because I don't think there's a way to eliminate it fully, but if you're lucky enough to have that happen, then that's great. I've heard rumors about hearing aids helping lessen it or eliminate it, but then I've also heard people tell me that's a lie. So who knows? Try what you hear if you want to, but research as much as you can. Uh, basically, some ideas on how to minimize your tinnitus. Avoid exposure to loud sounds and noises. It is well documented that exposure to loud sounds can often be the underlying cause of tinnitus, as well as aggravate tinnitus, as well as cause permanent hearing loss. If you cannot avoid loud sounds, protect your hearing with earplugs or noise-dampening muffs. Caution, overuse of hearing protection, like earplugs, for normal everyday sounds can lead to enhanced sensitivity to sound, also known as hyperacusis, which is present in about 30% of people with tinnitus, which makes sense. They got earplugs nowadays that you roll up in your fingers, stuff in there that are all foamy and they fill the whole ear canal and can block the sound pretty damn good. And if you're wearing those all the time, like you do pretty much eight hours a day, if you work in a factory or something like that, or certain types of construction, I can see that making your ear weaker to sounds. So that can increase the limit that it would take to damage your ear your hearing and stuff like that so yeah watch out for your overuse of those improve your blood circulation through daily exercise anything that is good for your body will help with management of tinnitus stress can aggravate your tinnitus to the extent possible avoid those things that add stress to your life Learn techniques of relaxation and use them when you feel stressed. 
fatigue can increase the perception of an aggravation of tinnitus. Be sure you are receiving adequate adequate rest. Get lots of sleep. Avoid times of total silence. The presence of some sound in the background reduces contrast between the level of your tinnitus and the silence of your environment. Your tinnitus will appear softer and less annoying when you avoid silence. It is recommended that you enrich your environment with background sounds, preferably nature sounds or pleasant music 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes, this means even when you are sleeping, even though you may not be consciously aware of sounds, your subconscious is. Heck, might help with the dream state, might give you some background music, who knows. Do not monitor, monitor your tinnitus. Keeping your tinnitus foremost in your mind creates higher levels of aggravation, which in turn increases the perception of the intensity of your tinnitus, which in turn brings it to a higher state within your conscious thought. Try not to think about your tinnitus. If asked about your tinnitus, respond and change the subject right away. Don't talk about it with others. Or keep a diary. I know I can. I have those moments where I'm like, well, shit, did my tinnitus finally go away or dissipate? And as soon as I think about it, I instantly hear it again. It's like it's there, but like certain smells and sounds and stuff like that, when you're around them so often, they lessen and you don't notice them as much, but if you keep your mind on it, it's just going to make it more and more present. So keep it off then off your brain. Seek medical evaluation, consult your physician or ENT ear, nose and throat physician to rule out medical conditions that may be causing or exasperating your tinnitus. So I know I went in for a hearing test last year. I think it was, and, Went through all that stuff, and they said, yeah, you got damage, but it's not enough to warrant anything. So, And then I mentioned the thing about the hearing aids, and she's like, did the test and everything. She's like, you're not ready for a hearing aid yet. So they weren't about to try that. So. Seek medical evaluation. Consult your physician. I just talked about that. <laughs> Obtain tinnitus evaluation. Understand the causes, myths, and facts about tinnitus through professional evaluation or consultation. Schedule a complete audiological evaluation with an audiologist who is trained in treating tinnitus. The properly trained professional can recommend the proper way to begin to manage your tinnitus. And then there's different decimals and stuff that you want to watch for with certain items that give off different levels of noise. And if you want to know which ones to watch out for to kind of give you help with when knowing to wear hearing protection and stuff like that, if a sound reaches 85 decibels, 
or stronger, it can cause permanent damage to your ears. If exposed to sound at this level or louder, you should always wear hearing protection. The amount of time you listen to a sound affects how much damage it will cause. The quieter the sound, the longer you can listen to it safely. Loud sounds that reach a decibel level of 85 decibels or more can cause permanent damage to the hair cells in the inner ear, which can lead to hearing loss and tinnitus. And sounds below 85 decibels will not cause damage, even if you listen to them for a very long time. Many common sounds may be louder than you think. A bulldozer that's idling is loud enough over 85 decibels to begin to cause permanent damage to hearing. When listening to music on earphones at maximum volume level, the sound generated reaches a level of over 100 decibels, loud enough to begin to cause permanent damage after just 15 minutes. A gunshot reaches 140 to 190 decibels and can cause damage immediately. Recreational activities can produce harmful sound levels, musical concerts, uh, power tools, etc. And think about it, it's like God, the amount of things that we go through without and as on trap leagues and on there back in the day the kid, the younger guys would give the older guys shit because they'd be wearing the headphones and stuff and like we just weren't thinking because you're standing in a, a line you have a shooter on each side of you and you're shooting an average of 20 to 25 clay pigeons at a during a turn during a weekly uh shooting session so it's and then sometimes you're running packs of three so you're doing that three times yeah that that's a lot of a lot of guns going off yours is right in front right next to you and then you got one on each side of you going to concerts and when we we were the generation that basically got boom boxes and stuff. So we were first introduced to that and we were walking around with the boom box fully cranked. And these were these big monster boxes. <laughs> we'd have them on our shoulder and we'd have them right against our ears, just cranked, walking around with them. Uh, every party we had, we had tons of music, big speakers. Uh, when you just had your regular headphones on, you had them cranked const- constantly. And back in those days, we didn't have computers. I'd just lay back, kick back, headphones on, crank to maximum. When you were in the car, you had your radio, stereo cranked. And everywhere we worked had banging, booming things going on between presses and machinery. and all that it's just there's so many things out there that can damage and it's like you don't even think about it just a like they said a, a construction vehicle just sitting there idling is over 85 decibels and 
you're just out and about and they're doing road construction or whatever and you're going by those beeping horns that they have when they're backing up on the equipment and stuff like that it's like you're not prepared for that you don't expect to go out and run into a big construction job so it's like they're damaging people's hearing without taking that into consideration but yeah hey just some different decibels of sounds it's like a watch ticking is like 20 decibels rice krispies is like 30 and that's 30 is about where sleep disruption may begin uh quiet libraries about 40 decibels a a fan is about 50 conversation is 60 inside mid-sized auto doing 60 a car doing 65 miles an hour inside it you're hitting about 70 decibels uh and conversation is about the boundary noise limit before you start to have to think about what you're listening to vacuum cleaner runs about 80 decibels and that can at that level you're looking at prolonged exposure causing slight hearing loss hearing protectors recommended when you get above that so drilling concrete leaf floor those are 90 chainsaws 100 a large stamping press is 110 basketball game crowd noise is around 120 a jet taking off is around 130 so yeah how to tell if sounds may be damaging damagingly loud do you have to raise your voice over the sound for people to hear you after being around loud sound did you have ringing or other noises in your ears or head tinnitus does music sound a little distorted after you listen to it for a while after being being near loud sound does speech sound muffled like people are talking to you through a pillow and what you're hearing now that's just me because i have no teeth but it sounds so shitty (laughs) so it's not your hearing after being near loud sound do you do your ears sometimes feel full or stopped up you are listening to stereo headphones does the person next to you need to raise their voice for you to understand what they are saying if you answered yes to any of those questions you may have been exposed to damaging sound levels take that into consideration them all Uh, the first rule in tinnitus treatment is to use sound therapy. When your tinnitus is bothering you, the positive effects of background sound is the starting point to tinnitus management. How much do I listen to these background sounds? You must begin today. To enrich your environment with sound all the time. This is called sound enrichment. You should have sounds around you all day, every day. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes, this does mean when you are sleeping too. It is common that tinnitus is less annoying when in a sound-rich environment. Sound enrichment works by reducing the 
perceived loudness of your tinnitus. It also reduces the stress of the tinnitus-related neural and brain activity, which in turn will reduce the activation of the part of your brain, the limbic system, an autonomic, autonomic nervous system, which create a negative association with hearing the tinnitus. Yeah. Any, any noise in the background doesn't have to be anything too loud or too weird or something that you can enjoy and not be annoyed by. What type of sound should I use? Particularly, sounds of nature such as rain or wind are easy to habituate. We are used to the presence of these sounds and they typically do not induce negative reactions. Everyday neutral sounds such as a fan, heating, or AC system are known to be easily acceptable as well. The sound of water such as a brook or rain developed, delivered by tabletop instruments can be used for a long time without inducing annoyance. Music can also play a special role when used to enrich background. Music is known to reduce stress, promote learning, help to induce changes in cognitive functions, and promote recovery from traumatic events, including health problems. You should listen to music or relaxing non-intrusive sounds that you like. And then there's tons of ways that you can get you make these sounds, do these, you listen to these sounds. How loud should I play these sounds, you wonder? You do not want to play any sound so loud that it completely drowns out or masks your tinnitus. The goal of listening to these sounds is not to cover up the tinnitus, but to reduce the contrast with background. With the background. Secondarily, there may have there may have they may have soothing qualities which promote relaxations and distract your attention from the tinnitus. Uh, don't crank them up. Just get them at a nice, comfortable level and just have them there to counter-effect the tinnitus ringing. How do I listen to them? Short answer, any way you can. A radio, CD player, MP3 player, smartphone, or tablet through speakers or headphones. You can listen to various CDs or download individual songs or albums. Uh, tabletop noise generators are readily available and inexpensive and can be portable as well. You can use other equipment you already have, such as your computer, your car radio, your TV, many TV cable stations have several music stations that offer a nice variety of music that meet the requirements discussed previously. We find uh, well, lot, there's lots of free apps out there for your smartphones and tablets, and they even brought back for you oldies. <laughs> Turntables are back now. So you can get yourself set up with a 
LP and <laughs> listen to your old 45s. How long do I use sound enrichment? You may continue to use some sound enrichment forever. Once your tinnitus is under control and no longer has an impact on your life, you will naturally wean yourself away from using sounds. However, oh, <laughs> I just got jumped on by my cat. I didn't know he was hopping over. Come on, man. Come here. <laughs> Uh, however, you do not stop treatment too quickly as you may find your tinnitus increasing. Successful tinnitus management results with tinnitus no longer having an impact on your life. If you do experience increases in your tinnitus, return to using your sounds as needed until you gain control again. If you get a nice, comfortable sound stage going, something on a regular basis, it's like I turn on things all the time, like dehumidifiers and stuff. So those are running in the background usually. Uh, TV, radio. I always got my little iPods with my headphones in my pocket or something to listen to here and there. But. There's so many things you can try and get your hands on. So many free things out there that you can listen to. So put some good, enjoyable noise into your background. And even with TV, I know we mentioned the radio stations, but they also have uh, meditational, meditational style stations with nature sounds and stuff like that in the background that you can play that are long running or podcasts, you can get that way too. Is this all I need to do to control my tinnitus? For those with more disturbing tinnitus, more than just sound enrichment may be needed. Sound therapy is using a consistent sound on a daily basis for several hours, preferably at ear level. This is done in a structured approach works best when it also includes counseling and guide guidance from a professional trained in tinnitus. Lots of different apps for your smartphones and tablets out there. Uh, things you can research. Things you can look up through all these different places like YouTube and podcasts and online and all that type of stuff uh just do some research on things like sound therapy relax melodies nature space holographic audio resound relief relaxing sounds of nature uh, light white noise a variety of sounds Nature space, relax, medicate, meditate, escape, sleep, uh, relaxation, stop, breathe, and think. Explore activities, breathe, mindful breathing, connect with your body, body scan, sleep and falling asleep, calm, deep breathing, body scan. Headspace has a free 10-day instruction on 
how to meditate, but there's tons of free meditation stuff out there. So why pay someone to teach you how to sit and breathe? I can do that for you, which I'm going to split this tinnitus into a second episode after this, and then I'll probably throw in some meditation with it, or we'll have more meditation coming up, up I'm sure. But uh, 10% happier, pranayama, which is deep breathing, belly bio, relaxed light, um, simply being, insight timer, there's calm.com, which has both sounds and relaxation tools, nature sounds, 4.me, YouTube.com and search for sounds and relaxation tubes. Uh, there's just so many different things. Just search things like relaxing, relaxation, relaxing sounds, imagery, guided imagery, nature sounds, sound for sleep, sleep, mindfulness, meditation, etc. Or just get yourself a tabletop noise generator or sound generator or some type of program for it. Yeah, I'll do another MS deep dive that gets into some more relaxation techniques and stuff like that. Maybe some meditation at the end of it or whatever. Tinnitus, it sucks, it's annoying, it's a pain in the ass. I've had 24-7 for a really long freaking time. And I've had moments where I've wanted to shove a Q-tip through my ears to... Blow out my eardrums to see if that would make it stop. <laughs> oh my luck, it wouldn't. And I'd just be bleeding out my ears. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll end this with a little, little MS facts. Yeah, about our neurological disease. Two out of three proportion. Two out of three portion of people with MS who remain able to walk through many need aid such as a cane. Oh yeah, that's oh shit. Fourteen is the number of FDA approved drugs to treat relapsing types of MS. Yeah, I think it's more like sixteen or eighteen now. Uh more than two point three million is the number of people worldwide who have MS. I'd say that's probably up closer to three or so million now. I don't know exactly how this is from. Oh, well, this was 2018, so not too long. Four, which is the number of types of MS. Clinically isolated syndrome, relapsing remitting MS, primary progressive MS, and secondary progressive MS. Surprised they don't put secondary progressive before primary progressive. I see that a lot. And I don't know why they do that. Uh, 90 minutes is the amount of time people with MS in a study spent meditating once a week. They had less pain and fatigue as a result. See? <laughs> 20 to 50 is the age, age range at which most people are diagnosed with MS. 
is the percent of people with MS who have fatigue, which is one of the most common symptoms of the condition. Eight is the average number of times people newly diagnosed with MS visit their doctor every year. Yeah. At least two times. Women are at least two times, two to three times as likely as men to have MS. And 30 to 35 is the average age range when MS symptoms first appear. Yeah. That is our show for today. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Stick out of my ass. Get over this shit. Get shot of monster. Get shot of COVID. Get shot of tinnitus. Get shot of everything. Uh, and we will get back to you with the regular episode tomorrow. And you be good to yourself. Take care.